0: In a news update for May the 1st, 2023, on this Monday morning edition, comma, hour five, as we continue on with the double header of the Sunday Night Live Show hosted by Owen Schroeder on the Infowars Network, broadcasting on the Freedom Network, across SiriusXM News Radio, and also across all levers of podcasting platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor.fm, and many, many more. Simply type in your favorite browser or player. Top headlines, national and international news stories. That's how you find us. Make sure that "and" is not the "and" sign, but "a and d." Thanks for listening. Hour number five will head up your way next.
1: And we need to uh, put the uh, some, um, you know, firm up the support and make it a little bit easier for the people who are representatives in your state. If you don't live in Tennessee, but if you live in Tennessee, now is the time.
0: You live in Tennessee. Get on the horn and tell these guys no special session. That's right. No, 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 no.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Catherine. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, David. It's
1: always a pleasure. And, again, I'm so excited to learn that you're a fellow Tennessean. <laughs> I'm not as excited as I am. I love it here.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day.
1: You too.
0: The DMV, Number 97. or house cleaning, or
3: Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and like conditions apply. See website for details.
1: to go live tonight. He probably had plenty to talk about with this lawsuit, the Dominion, and to clear his name, producers were prepping guests and slots on Monday's show. Corporate nixed the idea, and Tucker up and quit. Well, I don't know, again, whether he quit or whether he was fired, but I certainly don't agree that that, uh, with that assessment here, that he quit. I think that they pushed him out. It's just my opinion. Can't prove it. Uh, I said uh, yesterday, in my opinion, the 60 Minutes piece Sunday night is why Tucker was fired. Because it looked like a setup for another lawsuit. And I stand by that. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, when we look at the whole thing with Ray Epps and the 60 Minutes thing, I've had a lot of people ask me about Ray Epps. I talked about it when it first came out. It was Darren Beatty at Revolver who focused on that. And really made a big issue out of that. And of course, uh, you know, Darren Beatty goes on with Alex. He goes on with Steve Bannon. Uh, he has uh, Trump who comes on all the rest of the stuff. So he's
0: got his head May, way into the MAGA. May 1st, 2023.
1: Uh, well, May and, and, and all that him. stuff we won't make Obama. any reference about. It. Anyway, four, he, um, <clears throat> uh, I thought, and I said at the time. I said, um, that's a very dangerous allegation to make about somebody with only some circumstantial evidence. And I was never interested in doing that. I thought it was a bad idea to focus exclusively on apps. Look, I told everybody that the whole thing was an agent provocateur setup. That's why I was fired. Because I was telling people, don't go, it's a trap. Don't give them money. There's nothing that they're gonna do with it to reverse any of this stuff. They're keeping it for themselves. It was a lie, it was a grift, it was a setup with agent provocateurs. And I said it the morning of January the 6th, I told people, don't go. It's a setup. You're being set up by Trump. You're being set up by Alex and Stop the Steel People. And you're gonna be set up by the government. Now, everybody instinctively knew that that was something that was happening. It took a while to get all this uh, stuff out. And now we've got the video, thanks to McCarthy giving it to Tucker Carlson. We got the video showing them walking the Buffalo boy around the, you know, giving him a guided tour. We had many people, uh, who have been arrested, who have gone to jail, like Dr. Simone Gold. she went in to make a speech and, you know, the, the police are standing there, the doors are wide open, come on in, come on in. How is that trespassing in any way, shape, or form? It's not. You go in there and you talk, you go to jail. You got Sam, who worked at InfoWars, the only one who did any reporting that day. He sees a big crowd happening. Well, if you're a reporter, and you got a camera, what the heck are you doing running to the other side of town? Why don't you run to where the action is? That's what reporters are supposed to do. He gets a jail sentence. I am sick and tired of seeing people being set up, even people inside of InfoWars, being set up, thrown under the bus to protect the stop the steal thing. And that's what this is about. Look, Darren Beatty wanted to get a scoop. Darren Beatty wanted to be out front. But there's also another aspect of this, that they want to find people to throw under the bus because they know who was pushing people there. You think that Ray Epps is responsible for January the 6th, everybody? Do you realize, of course, now we have, we understand there are 52 informants and provocateurs just around the Proud Boys. And this trial with Joe Biggs and, uh, you know, four or five other people, 52 for a half dozen Proud Boys? The place was crawling with informants and it was obvious it was going to happen. I. I didn't have any names, and we haven't had any names, but you knew that that was going, I knew it was going to happen. Anybody needed to, could understand that if they'd look at it. And of course, Alex knew, all these people knew. But they pulled people in with a false hope, with a lie. They stole their money, they set them up, and they set up the whole movement, quite frankly. It was bigger even than just the people that were there at that event. I warned about it for two months that it was a trap, that it was a grift. I warned about it the morning of January the 6th. So the question is, Ray Epps, even if he is an FBI informant provocateur or whatever, even if he is a provocateur, did he do more than Trump, who stole a quarter of a billion dollars from his supporters after the election and told them On that day where he's got the rally, you follow me, I'm going to go to the Capitol. He didn't go to the Capitol. He went somewhere else. Or Alex Jones, who said uh, with a bullhorn, you know, we're going to do uh, one way or the other. We're going to get him uh, out. You know, talking about remove one way or the other. We're going to get Biden out of the White House type of thing. Who was it that was motivating people? Who was it that was acting as the provocateur? Who was it that was saying, follow me into the Capitol? That was Trump. And it's important for these people to misdirect the anger about all this stuff, away from Trump and away from the people who rip them off and put it on some kind of a sacrificial lamb. Now, Rayup's maybe an FBI provocateur. I don't know. But why focus on him? I'll tell you why. Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals, number 13, pick a target. Freeze it. Personalize it. Polarize it. That's what they did with Ray Epps. And that's what a lot of people were, you know, Darren Beatty, he wants to get there first or something. And he wants, he knows that if he puts this out there, the people who were really provoking people, the people who were really talking, go to the Capitol, go to the Capitol, those people would have him on their shows. That's what it's really about folks. The false hope, the pushing people, the stealing the money, the start, the steal and the start, the steal started. Two days after the election, November the 5th, when Steve Pacinic went on with Owen Schroyer and told everybody about the sting. We've already got 20,000 people out there, uh, National Guard, arresting people already. It was a sting. And we got blockchain watermarks. What is a blockchain watermark, Steve? Please explain that to us. Really, Steve? Oh, wow, that's great. I could just kiss you right now. doesn't exist. The troops don't exist. This is two days after the election. They're supposedly arresting people. Pure fiction. I, as soon as I heard that, I opposed it, opposed it that night. And then on November the 6th a Friday, I opposed it. And I got a call from Alex. I thought he was going to fire me. I said, you know, Alex, if you tell a lie, I've got to record. Uh, if anybody wants to question this. I said, if you tell a lie, everybody knows this isn't true. This isn't possible. Except you had Rush Limbaugh talking about it. You had Clarence Thomas's wife texting uh, the chief of staff of Trump's White House saying, I sure hope this
3: is true. Everybody knew about it. leftovers or... The DMV, or <railroad começa> house cleaning, or <apaneseitched> Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. <prizes."VOICEOVERChumba>, ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. we were prohibited a lot of plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. leftovers or the DMV, Number 97. or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We we're prohibited by law. int plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You know, the lie went all the way around the world before the truth could get its pants on. And so it was an absolute lie. It was a grift. Roger Stone said right away, he said, "Um, we can raise so much money off of this stuff, it'll be like falling off a log. That's how the steal started. They go out and they get Ali Alexander, a guy who has already been convicted twice for fraud, financial fraud, credit card fraud. They hang out with Nick Fuentes. Uh, we got to get Biden out of there. That's what this thing is about, folks. And this is why I never jumped on the Ray Epps thing. He is a patsy for these people. Even if he is an FBI informant, he is a patsy for them. All these people can put their sins on the scapegoat, Ray Epps, and send him out of the camp. That's what it's about. So... Again, one only thing I've seen that I disagree with Thomas Massey. He commented, he said, Ray Epps is the only person I've seen on video January the 5th and January the 6th urging and directing people to go into the Capitol. In a text message on January the 6th, he begged, he bragged that he orchestrated it. So why do Democrats in the media portray him as a victim? So bizarre. Uh, he's not a victim compared to the other people that were there. And uh, that may indicate that he was part of this FBI provocateur agent. But why would you single him out? He is not the only person who did that. Not at all, Thomas. Come on. you got to know better than that if you saw what was happening January the 6th. If you saw what was happening for the two months prior to that. We're not talking about 24 hours prior to that. We're talking about for two months they were pushing people out. And let me just say this. Darren Beatty also focused on Stuart Rhodes of the Oath Keepers. He said, Stuart Rhodes is a, uh, an FBI informant. He's a provocateur, just like Ray Epps. Said the same thing about Stuart Rhodes. And even after Stuart Rhodes was indicted, you had Darren Beatty say, Stuart Rhodes is, um, they he's still an informant. I stand by that. They gave him this seditious conspiracy charge because it's so over the top, they'll never get a conviction. Well, they did get a conviction, Darren, and he's now looking at life in prison. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but he's got a couple of 20-year uh, sentences there. Uh, and now there's been silence from Darren Beatty about Stuart Rhodes. Look, as I said before, you know, I quit interviewing Stuart Rhodes because I had a lot of people contact me and allege fraudulent activity by Stuart Rhodes with the Oath Keepers. A lot of people, uh, you know, got out of it and said, hey, this is what's happening there. And so, because of allegations of fraud, I did not have Stuart Rhodes on, but he is not a Fed. Uh, allegations of fraud, but the, the uh, allegations of being a Fed agent from Darren B. I think are despicable. Anyway, uh, Joseph Farah of WND, Says it's despicable what 60 Minutes did, whitewashing Ray Epps and then coming after Tucker Carlson. And again, I think it was a setup to do a lawsuit. I I think that was what that was about. I think so too. too. So it was a lot of the, the entire focus on this thing was Tucker Carlson. Epps said, he's obsessed with me. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life. And our lives? Why, said 60 Minutes. Well, to shift blame onto somebody else. He says, if you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. So you tell me who has more impact on people, them or me. I agree. I think that this focus on Ray Epps, exclusively focusing on Ray Epps, I think that is deflection. I think there's a desire to have a scoop. I think there's a desire to feed something to the MAGA audience so that you're making a lot of money and they don't care who they take down, quite frankly. Uh, Rumble is having some issues. Uh, Travis says viewers will need to search "Roundtable report to find the live stream properly on Rumble. Uh, Rumble, thank you very much for the tip from Billy Gar. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, by the way, you know, whenever as I said yesterday, if you have any problems with any of these streams because they're all kind of tenuous. Yeah, you know, Twitter, Rumble. Um, uh, go directly to the David Knight com. You can also go to DLive, uh, other places like that, RockFan. There's links there to the other places in case it's not working. Um, so, anyway, he goes on He says, They followed his directions to go into the Capitol, says Joseph Farah. Is he the only one who was giving directions to go into the Capitol, though? No. Was he an agent provocateur? Time will tell. I don't believe, just because the FBI says, No, he's not there's a lot of stuff that is suspicious, we'll talk about that here, but, uh, you know, it it still doesn't, uh, uh, there's still not, we still don't know for sure. And he is, even if he is, he's not the only one, and he's not the biggest provocateur. You have to understand. And the big provocateurs are using him as cover. Uh, So anyway, uh, he was put on their most wanted list, and he suddenly disappeared from the list. That is suspicious considering how they overcharged everybody else. And so 60 minutes says to him, um, did anyone from the federal government direct you to be here at the peace circle at this time? He says, no, no one from the FBI. No, your old comrades with oath keepers. No, but you know, that's, um, uh, it still doesn't exonerate him. But the other side needs to, we, we have this principle and it should apply in media as well. Innocent until proven guilty The very fact that they put him on And took him off is very different From what other people saw And I agree, that is suspicious Somebody needs to ask the FBI Why they took him off But um, that is not A guarantee that he is Working for them or provocateur They have so many people working for them It's quite a possibility that he could be But again, he is not the central Figure of this thing Why have the MAGA press Dang. made Ray Epps the central figure so they can cover for Trump and themselves. That's it. That's why he's become the central figure. And I think this whole thing with, a, you know, with a 60 minutes thing was for him, it was going to be My the precursor to a lawsuit. Sh- you wait and see if he doesn't sue them. So they they said, there, um, here pretty soon. um, he says, uh, why were you uh, treated differently? Right. Over 1,000 protesters arrested, I'm sorry, that's uh, Joseph Fair, is asking that. Uh, Why was he treated differently? Why were you treated differently, he says. Over 1,000 protesters arrested for nothing more suspicious than what Epps did on January the 6th. And that's true. And it is suspicious. But again, even if he's a provocateur, he is not the lead provocateur. He is not the only one. Um, So anyway, he says, um, uh, Epps bragged that uh, he had orchestrated it. So what do you mean by that? Well, he tells 60 Minutes, I was boasting to my nephew. I helped get people there. I was directing people to the Capitol that morning. And then uh, Whitaker at 60 Minutes says, well, you know how this sounds. I know exactly how it sounds. I've been scolded by my wife for using that word. I shouldn't have used that word, said Ray Epps. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, so uh, when Epps got back to Arizona on January the 8th, the relative told him that he was on an FBI poster seeking information about certain rioters. His wife said, uh, we literally hung up the phone, walked right into the house, sat down and called the FBI, told him who I was and that I would cooperate in any way that I could. I didn't break any laws. Two months later, he met with agents. And so, Joseph Farah at WND said, so he did become an informer, voluntarily. Uh, That's his comment on it. So he said, so when we met with the FBI, uh, it was like, finally, we're going to clear this up. There was no, I take the fifth. There was none of that. It was just like we're talking right now. I went through everything. They had a lot of questions. Well, that has not been the experience of other people, right? No. And I do think that that is suspicious. But again, to make him the that's sole person suspicious. that you're going to focus on.
0: Yes,
1: yeah, really uh, Finally, Joseph just Ferris says, well, this up. whole thing is just surreal. And I agree. I mean, it's like living in the twilight zone. To be warning people that this stuff is going to happen, and then to watch it unfolding live, all the stuff that I said was going to happen, and then to watch how this thing continues to snowball. What a gift Stop the steel was to the Democrats and the FBI. What a gift Trump's Save America was to the Democrats and the FBI. And what a betrayal both of those things were to the MAGA supporters. But you can keep the manga supporters from getting upset by focusing on Rayettes, you see. That's what this is all really about. Um, you know, he was not the only provocateur if he was a provocateur. So, Babylon uh, B said, so, you know, what is Tucker going to do? Well, Tucker, <laughs> they show a picture of uh, Tucker on the view. If you can pull that up, Travis. And... Um, You've got all these women who are laughing hysterically, you know, two of them on either side. And he's got that quizzical look that he gets when he's listening to somebody talk in the center, you know. Uh, now, maybe he might have something even better than this. You know, last week, Tucker Carlson was shilling for Trump still. Asking him softball questions. Letting Trump hold court. Uh, and then uh, he did the same thing with Elon Musk. Maybe there'll be something better coming from Trump. At the end of the week, he went to Heritage Foundation, and he had some very important, insightful, introspective things to say. And I want to play those clips for you. Uh, but before we get away from Ray X, um, I wanted to play this earlier, I forgot to. Uh, let me just show you, this is the clip that gets everybody concerned about Ray
2: X. We need to go into the Capitol, into the Capitol. What? <laughs> Fed fed fed, er, fed, 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 Fed. Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say we it. We need, we <laughs> need to <laughs> go. I'll say it. All right, we need to go in to the Capitol. Based you know Fed posting. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Monument Hill. speaking. We are going to the Capitol, where our problems are. It's that direction! He spread the word! Alright, no Dave, but one more thing. Can yeah, so we go up there? No? When we go in... Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah. You don't need to get shot. You arrest
3: us all?
1: Okay, you get the idea. And there's a lot of screamings that doesn't make for good uh, radio or podcast. But the bottom line is it's very suspicious that they just let him go. I mean, they've come after a lot of people for a lot less. Simone Gold didn't do anything like that. She went to jail. We it is suspicious. There, However, you, it's not the only one. If it's
0: somebody with and
1: in terms of being a, a successful did provocateur, did you ever hear anybody at any of the Stop the Steal rallies or at any of Trump's rallies yelling, Fed, Fed, Fed? No, they well, bought it. Hook, <laughs> line, and sinker. it. Raps didn't have as much credibility with these people as the Stop the Steal guys and Trump. No. That's because he was really... And so when we talk about what may lay ahead for Tucker Carlson, president. as I said, you know, he was a, being a sycophant to That's Trump last week. I think he was trying to pull back in the wake of the Dominion lawsuit. I think things got probably pretty prickly with all that stuff. Uh, and I think he's trying to show, look, I can have really big interviews and I can pull in really big numbers. I can have Trump, I can have Elon Musk on. And, um, you know, to try to ameliorate all of that stuff. Uh, but then the 60 minutes things ha- happened. Uh, and now we've got Mark Levin uh, playing the role of Trump's behind kisser. And uh, uh, so, um, oh, uh, yeah, let me, I keep forgetting to play these uh, Ray Epps clips. This is what 60 Minutes did with the Ray Epps clips.
0: Who is Ray Epps? That question has animated Fox News host Tucker Carlson for nearly two years. Ray Epps? He's on video several times encouraging crimes, riots, breaches of the Capitol. Carlson has focused on Epps more than 20 times on his top-rated show, a half-dozen times so far this year.
2: He's obsessed with me. He's... Going to any means possible to destroy my life and our life. Why? To shift blame on somebody else. If you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. So you tell me who has more impact on people, them or me. Epps, once a loyal
0: Fox News watcher, told us he doesn't understand how he got cast as the villain. The Epps version is more mundane. They believed the 2020 election had been stolen from Donald Trump and considered January 6th
2: a legitimate protest. There was a sloppy election. And then to top that off, you have talking heads reporting that there's problems with the voting machines and different things like that. The election's stolen. So yeah, we had concerns. I I wanted to be there. I wanted to witness this with my own eyes. Is he a victim? Why didn't they uh, persecute him like they did other
1: people who were there? But clearly he has become the scapegoat for these people. And clearly they were focusing in right. to That's come right. after Tucker Carlson. So as I said, Mark Levin uh, is, uh, does is still for sucking up the Trump. That they did to all those he had him on and, and listen to how
0: obsequious he was. You say this, Mr. President. I've talked to a lot of important people. Supreme Court justices, presidents, presidential candidates, brilliant people. And talking with you is really the most impressive conversation I've had. Number one, there's very few people who could sit there and speak the way you do from subject to subject to subject to subject. If people would let you speak and actually listen to you, while you have the enormous pressure on your shoulders of these grand juries and other things going on, and you still are able to do it. That is absolutely remarkable. One of the most
1: sickening people in media that I've ever seen, and by the way, don't fall for his lies about a constitutional convention. Mark Levin is a traitor to our country and to the Constitution. Back in on December the seventeenth. By the way, that was the day that I was fired. Mark Levin called for Trump to be honored with a ticker tape parade, or warp speed, mRNA shots,
3: leftovers, or <laughs> the DMV, <Number> 97. or <laughs> house cleaning, or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're granted a lot. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or.
3: Chumba. chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void to prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So the day I was fired for opposing that Benedict Donald, you've got Mark Levin saying he needs to have a ticker tape parade. Well, I think there should be a parade, but a different kind. What I have in mind is the kind that the... Roman emperors would do with the prisoners of war behind them. That's where Trump should be. He should be in the Hague for international crimes against humanity. He funded these lockdowns. He is a traitor to us, a globalist traitor. Rather than Trump, there's a ticket tape parade, he said. In days past, the development of miracle vaccines that saved the lives of millions of people would be celebrated by all. They'd be cheering in the streets. But because President Trump drove the development of these vaccines in an unbelievably short period of time and forever improved the method by which vaccines will be developed now and in the future, it's downplayed. He said, it's appalling. Yes, Mark Levin is appalling. And yes, Trump did change the way that vaccines and other medicines will be approved now. By bureaucratic fiat Without even a pretense Of testing That's the legacy Of Donald Trump And that's what that disgusting Grimer worm tongue Of a reporter Mark Levin has to say about it Look like, you know I, I I expect better things To come for Tucker Carlson And let me just say You know Going back and And um, Uh, The time I met Matt Drudge, it was very interesting because Adonis Salazar, one of the writers there, was the one who was in contact with uh, Matt Drudge. He'd been sending articles to Matt, and so Matt knew him, had his uh, contact information, and contacted him and said, hey, I'd like to come to InfoWars and uh, talk to people. Uh, But don't tell anybody I'm coming. I want it to be a surprise. And so nobody knew he was coming. And um, it was a surprise to everybody. Alex was on air, and he was surprised, and... You know, Drudge shows up in the studio. But uh, Don comes to me and um, he says, Hey, there's somebody here that wants to meet you. And I said, I don't really have time. Um, I'm pretty busy right now. And uh, he goes, No, no, no. You're going to want to meet this person. So, really, you know, so I go on to meet him and I say, It's Matt Drudge. he's like, wow. And so we talked for a while. And I told him, I said, You know, I've always admired what you did that cost you your job at Fox News. And if you remember, you know, he had a TV show there. And um, it was in 1999. And do you remember this picture of Baby Samuel? This was an operation in utero of a baby that had been identified as having spina bifida issues. And as this operation was going on in Vanderbilt University here in Tennessee, as that was happening, uh, Baby Samuel reached his hand out and you can see that tiny hand grasping the surgeon's finger. It shows the humanity of these children. They're not just a fetus. And so that was a very very powerful picture. As a matter of fact, I told Matt. I said, even because you focused on that, because it, you know, got very popular. Uh, we had some friends of ours who had a daughter who was diagnosed with spina bifida. And uh, they went to Vanderbilt and had that operation, and um, you know, probably helped her a great deal. Uh, she still has mobility issues, uh, but probably not nearly as bad as it would have been. So I said that was that was really good. Uh, he says that that you did that, and I know that it cost you. He said, "No, I showed that picture because I want to get out of my contract with Fox." Wow. Okay. So, you know, maybe Tucker is ready to do something more significant than just look for an audience, right? Maybe he doesn't want to just build an audience or build a fortune. As one person was saying, hey, he could make so much money. Can you imagine he was making 20 million at Fox? He could do way more than, uh, way better than uh, Joe Rogan did, uh, going out on his own. And that's true. The person said, maybe he could make generational wealth, the kind of money that even your kids can't squander. Is that the point of life? What does it profit a of man? No. To gain the whole world and lose his own soul. And so when he went to Heritage, I'm going to play um, uh, something that he had to say about the meaning of life. And maybe Tucker, uh, as he's reflecting on this stuff, and as he has this big change in his life, perhaps... God will move him in a way that could be very, very powerful because of the size of his audience. He could say some very powerful things if he wants to. Here's what he had to say at Heritage Foundation.
0: The very first thing you should do every single day is tell all the people you love that you love them for two reasons. Because you do, and affirming things out loud makes them real, words are the most important and most powerful thing that we have, and of course I have an interest in saying that. If I sold Chrysler's, I'd be like, cars are the most important thing. But but words are, in the beginning was the word, and so articulate it. And that is also simultaneously an acknowledgement of a truth that we don't face, which is we don't know what's going to happen today. And we could die. That's the one thing that unites every person is the certainty of death. And reminding yourself of that every single day will bring you, paradoxically, joy. I love you. That's the most important thing.
1: Or maybe you could be fired suddenly, right? You know, your life can change just like that, with an accident, with the death of a loved one, with your own death, with your death of your career, but it's not the death of his career. He's going to go on. And so the question is, how will this make him a better person, a better uh, commentator? And I think it will, because at Heritage Foundation, he also had this to say. I'm not going to play the whole thing for you. I'm just going to read you some excerpts from it because the entire clip is about six minutes long. But he says, so um, uh, when I started it in Heritage, he said the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates that we're having, these kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes, he said, so we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and the people be less oppressed or whatever, so we're gonna argue about things like tax rates. Will higher taxes get us there? I'm a Keynesian, you disagree. You're an Austrian or whatever. But that objective was the same. We had a common objective. We wanted the welfare of the people, in other words, right? He says, that's not what we are right now. He says, I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get the best outcome. I've come to this conclusion that I should say at the outset, uh, I'm a, an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me because I don't have any. I grew up with, a, <laughs> with what I feel is the shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even Christian religion at this point. Well, do something about it. Uh, (laughs) Move, move from Fox, move from the Episcopalians. Uh, Anyway, he says, I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There's no way to assess, let's say, the transgender movement with that mindset. He says, policies don't account for that at all. If you have people who are saying, I'm going to castrate the next generation, he says, you're going to sexually mutilate children? What? Sorry, that's not a political debate. He says, what is the outcome that we're desiring here? Do you want an androgynous population? No. They want depopulation. They want to stop procreation. They want to do that by, you know, homosexuality or by mutilation, by castration, anything. Sterilization. Anyway, he says, if you say, I think abortion is always bad, well, I think sometimes it's necessary, he says, but that's the debate I'm familiar with. So if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? He said, while you're arguing for child sacrifice. Obviously, it's not about a teen girl gets pregnant, and what do we do about that? It's not about the victims of rape. I get it. Of course, I understand that, and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, You know what you can do to help the economy? Get an abortion. He said, this is like an Aztec principle. Yeah, human sacrifice. He says, there's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one that I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So that's what it is. What's the point of child sacrifice, he said. Well, there's no policy goal intertwined with that. It is a theological phenomenon, he said. He said, so when the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decides that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake, hey, let's tear it down. He said, what you are watching is not a political movement. It is evil. Now, when we talk about child sacrifice, I've talked about that many times in terms of talking about abortion. I said, the, if you go back and you look at the Canaanites that were in the area as Israel comes in, to that area, God told them to destroy the entire society. God judges societies that do that to their kids. Well, so what was happening there? It was very interesting because it was very much like um, uh, what happens with planned unparenthood. They would have these sexual festivals, of uh, this goddess, Ashtaroth. They had poles. I don't know if they had pole dancing. Probably did. Probably had all that stuff. Uh, so they would have uh, the Ashtaroth poles as a big sexual celebration. And then a few months later, they would have another type of worship where they would make sacrifices for prosperity. And you know what you needed to sacrifice for prosperity? Your children. Perhaps those unwanted children who were left over or the product of this sexual festival that they had. And so you would they would heat up these idols of Moloch uh, with outstretched arms and a lap. They would heat it up super hot, and then they would put the child on that to kill the child. And it wasn't just um, in Canaan, it was also down into the Carthage area.
2: You hear me
1: out there? And um, if you go down there, they have the, they have found the massive graveyards of skeletons, of babies, of child sacrifice down there. And so God told the Israelites to destroy Canaan. And then when Rome came, you know, they had the back and forth between Hannibal and the Carthaginians. It was a competition. You know, it's when Hannibal invaded and You know, took the elephants up over the Alps and all the rest of that stuff. But you had Cato the Elder, who was an important senator. Every time he made a speech, he would end it, oh, one more thing. Carthage must be destroyed. And eventually they did destroy Carthage. Eventually he got his wish. But I don't think it was him speaking. I think it was God speaking through him. I think God used the Romans to destroy these people engaged in child sacrifice, and as Tucker says, pretty much every society has at some point degraded into child sacrifice, Mm -hmm. and it is in human sacrifice, and it is the final step before God comes in and and wipes them out. Where is the Aztec society today? Gone. Where is Where are the Carthaginians? Gone. Uh, so, it is evil. And we know what evil is. And then the rest of the speech, he's kind of saying, well, you know, do we know what evil is? He says, I'm not calling for a religious war. I'm not saying that I'm going to run. You know, the, I'm calling for a political thing. I'm not partisan. He said, the Republicans are horrible. I'm not backing them. He said, let's have a debate about these ideas. But they don't want to debate it. Uh, the idea... Won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force that is acting upon us. It's so obvious. It is so completely obvious. It is. The evil behind the globalist agenda. The evil behind the U.N. And, of course, you can go in and you can find the little occultic uh, mm-hmm. rooms that they've got at the U.N. And you can do reports on that and all the rest of this stuff. But you need understand that this globalist, this global conspiracy that transcends generations and all the rest of this, there is an evil force behind that that is persistent. Yep. The supernatural is above the natural. It's real. And it is persistent. Yeah. And it is so obvious, so completely obvious. Yep. He's right about that. Mm-hmm. That is what we fight. Yes. That is what we fight. We fight against so, things that are flesh end? and blood. He said, uh, I believed about. when I first started at Heritage, I think he used to, used to work there as an employee. When I first started at Heritage, I believed that I could just win the debate. And if I marshaled more facts, but I found out that that doesn't work. He said, and so maybe we should take just like 10 minutes today to say a prayer about it. I'm curious, like why not? He said, and I'm saying that to you not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian, the Samaritans of our time. He said, I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can really, you can. He says, I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And so even I have concluded That it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future. And I hope you will. Now, that's what he was doing this weekend, just a couple of days before he was fired. Yep. Perhaps God is preparing him. Perhaps God will use these circumstances to have him abandon any. Way of guarding his speech and give people the unvarnished truth. He's getting so close to it, and so I hope that this is a good thing. Could be a good thing for everyone in the society. We need to have people who are going to speak truth. We got enough people who are going to spin the story so that they can, you know, flatter Trump like Mark Levin. Absolutely disgusting display, and that's the way that it typically is. Yeah, if it's on. CNN or MSNBC, they would treat Biden the same way that Mark Levin treated Trump. We need to get out of this partisan trap. And we need to understand what is really valuable. And we need to understand that our solution doesn't lie in Washington, doesn't lie in the White House, doesn't lie in the Oval Office. It doesn't lie with Trump or DeSantis or RFK Jr. It doesn't lie with any of those people. Our solutions lie. With God. In God we trust, not in DeSantis. In God we trust, not in RFK Jr. Leftovers
3: or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're plus See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, uh, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do.
1: If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. TheDavidKnightShow.com Okay, let's talk about RFK Jr. Uh, and, uh, Let's begin with CBDC. Uh, there's a, a article from mainstream media. Uh, this is actually from Bloomberg. And they turn or try to turn CBDC into a conspiracy theory. Even as they talk about how people in Wall Street are concerned about it. How people within the Federal Reserve, some of them are concerned about it. Oh, it's just a conspiracy theory. You know, they, they played this whole game of... Uh, you know, COVID and vaccines and all the rest of this stuff. They played that for so long, and uh, now they don't have that game to play anymore. So they got to invent uh, a new MacGuffin, if you will. A new crisis. Uh, CBDC. Yep. They don't call it that, MacGuffin. But that's the attack that is taken by Bloomberg. And so they say, look, U.S. presidential hopefuls are rallying against, railing against the digital dollar. So they talk about DeSantis. They talk about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and then they eventually get around to RFKJ. Bloomberg says it is far from reality. Some officials at the Federal Reserve have expressed doubt over the need for one. The Fed has also said that it would want approval from Congress before moving forward with the digital dollar, but that hasn't stopped the relatively niche issue from emerging as a flashpoint for individuals who are eyeing a presidential run. See, they're just running this thing through to... Uh, you know, get votes and things like that. It's just a conspiracy. They made it. Nobody wants this thing. They said, um, the idea of a digital dollar has already faced backlash from Wall Street and other banks. But wait a minute. Wall Street's taking it seriously. The banks are taking it seriously enough to backlash against it. Well, but it's just a conspiracy theory, says Bloomberg. It's just something these demagogues are out there doing to, to you know, drum up support. With a hoi polloi, right? Lenders are worried about it, acting as a direct competitor to private bank deposits. And Congress, Republicans on Capitol Hill have introduced legislation to ban direct-to-consumer CBDCs, saying they could be used by the federal government to surveil U.S. citizens. Of course, surveil everything. But see how they present this? They say it's a conspiracy theory, and then they start talking about all the different people who... The uh, banks are, Wall Street is opposed to it, the bankers are opposed to it, politicians in Washington are opposed to it, people are opposed to it, politicians, but it's just a conspiracy, it ain't going to happen, right? Ramaswamy, who has already announced his candidacy, honed in on anti-CBDC talking points. He believes opposing CBDCs should be a litmus test for a presidential candidate. And it should not be controversial for any Republican. Well, I agree with him. I agree with him. And so that begs the question, where is Trump on this?
0: He's probably for it. Where is
1: Trump on CBDC?
0: Like he was for the shot. Well,
1: we know where Trump is on 5G. Yeah, he's for it.
0: You
1: know, he pushed that vital piece of infrastructure oh, yeah. for the smart cities and the global takeover. He pushed that very hard. There's no same concern with the, there same with the vaccination. about surveillance, right? I, I said when I opposed a 5G, and I've opposed it for many years. I think he is a globalist. Um, way before my he program started. there's a lot of globalist That's ideas. that been going for five years. But I said, look, there's two big issues with 5G. Number one, the health issue. We already know that there's health issues with electromagnetic radiation. Uh, some people are a lot more sensitive to it than others. That's right. Uh, but we already have some of the most lax... Uh, regulations in terms of energy concentration of any society. You know, we know things like the Fry Effect, where <clears throat> just as uh, some people, you know, microwaves are dangerous, right? You can um, cook food with it. Where did they find out about that? Well, it was uh, microwaves in uh, the, the uh, military. And that's why Amanda, when they came out with the first microwave um, uh, oven, they called it the radar range because it was on the radar equipment that technicians would set their coffee cup down and then they would notice that it was getting hot. And so with that there, the Navy commissioned um, Alan Fry to start doing some experiments about the biological effects because, hey, if you can cook food, if you can cook, eat up coffee, maybe you are cooking somebody internally. And so there's a shielding requirements on the radar ranges, on the microwaves and so forth. Uh, but he also found, as he had one of his technicians working on it, they were working on a different frequency, they started hearing things. That's called the Fry effect. And it can actually, different frequencies can you know be picked up by your nervous system and you sense that as clicking, cricket type of sounds and things like that. So we don't really know what these effects are. This is a, uh, a, a very concentrated um, uh, 5G is. It is not low power, as they tell you. It is very concentrated, much, much higher than the levels that we currently have. It is a radically different frequency, very, very high frequency. It is also pulsed. And so you have, um, uh, if if you're walking around with a phone or something like that, you have all these different line of sight antennas, and they're going to be multiplexing your signal uh, with other signals that are out there. So all the antennas that are in a line of sight are all going to be focused on you at one point in time. And then they will turn off and they'll pulse onto somebody else. And they keep going back and forth between everything that's around them. So you're going to be getting very high frequency, regular, regular pulses of this stuff at another. And the base frequency is very high. We don't know what the health effects are. Do you think we ought to check into it? Trump doesn't yeah, care. So. He didn't care about the vaccines either, right? No, and we saw the same thing with 5G. Out. It's like, at least do some tests of this stuff before you roll it out in mass. But of course, not. Yeah, but I said that that is something that needs to be tested. We don't know. We have indications that that may be an issue, but we don't know. So test it. Nope, not going to test it. Well, what we do know is how it's going to be used for surveillance.
0: That's why they want.
1: To and we do know it that it is the vital infrastructure for these smart cities. But he doesn't care about that. You think Trump's gonna care about CBDC being used for surveillance? And as I pointed out last week,
2: when you look at the lockdown,
1: I'm gonna shut down you. You're not essential. I'm gonna shut down the small businesses on Main Street. I'm gonna shut down the the small businesses and you're gonna lose your job and you're not gonna go anywhere. But don't worry, I'll give you a check. Well, that's nothing but communism. That's confiscating your livelihood, confiscating your property effectively and then putting you on a subsistence level of living. It is basic income. It's so basic you can't live off of it. These people are talking about, well, you know, $12,000 a year. Give you a check for $1,000 a month. That's what people that Elon Musk supported in the last uh, one, uh, Yang. I'm uh, almost you know, Oh yeah, give people $1,000 a month. Everybody gets it. Look, that is communism. Take away your property, take away your ability to work, and put you on a big welfare check and do it for everybody. That is leveling everybody down to a subsistence level of living. Quite frankly, socialism and communism are not new. It was around at the time of the Founding Fathers. Jefferson called them the levelers because they wanted to level everybody down and level society down to a subsistence level. We'll make everybody equal. Equal in poverty. Equal in austerity. Equal in the mire. And so there's nothing new about that, but... Last week when I was uh, going over R. F. K. Jr.'s history. speech, he gave the example of a small businessman the, who was shut down, doing it here, and he was you know? given this little PPP, Payroll Protection Plan, from Trump. Right? Not just a stimulus check, but the, the PPP. And he said, so they gave me $17,000, not enough to keep his business going, no. but he also had to spend it within a certain period of time. I said, that's it. That's CBDC right there. Because yes, that's one of the deals that all the central bankers have been talking about. Yeah, we can put a time limit. We can give people money Yeah, you know, lock them down, give them money to keep them pacified. That's why Elon Musk supported Yang, who was pushing UBI, because Elon Musk and the rest of these Silicon Valley billionaires want to shut everybody down. And then how do we keep them pacified? Even Bloomberg he was, has it. been saying that. He's for it. You know, it was misconstrued as criticism of arrogant criticism of farmers. But what Bloomberg was talking about, he said, yeah, anybody can do that job. Everybody said, wait a minute. Farmers have to uh, wear a lot of hats and they have to, um, they work really hard, but they also have to be very wise about how they marshal resources and how they use them. It's become highly technical. This is not something that you just wave your hand and get rid of. But that wasn't what Bloomberg was talking about. He said, you know, we had... Uh, an agrarian society, and that was replaced with a an industrial society, and you know people could we get rid of these farm workers and put them in the factories and you know because but now you know we're going to get rid of the factory workers. He said the the thing that smart people like me are doing, and that's what the phrase that he used. We're looking at how we can take these people's jobs. And he said the problem with it is how do we keep? people Thank you for from listening after us with to Gita. the Freedom Network. That's what he said. Uh, more news coming up. And so Elon Musk and Bloomberg want to give you universal basic income to pacify you. They want to make it, put it, uh, you know, make it CBDC so they can monitor you, and they want to give it.